Show what happens to cows when they don't shave. What? They get moustaches. Joe, what did the mama cow say to the baby cow? What? It's past your bedtime. You've been watching Nick Jr. lately, haven't you? No, no. I'm going to credit the source of this genius. Uh, Had to go by the little guy's school and pick up supplies, a bag of supplies. And they're like, oh, here's a school lunch. And they just hand you this big bag of food because nobody comes there and they have them all ready to go. And in the milk cartons on the back, there's a there's a little joke of the day that I dude I I think I got there was like six little cartons in there so I got like three weeks of material just lined up. You want to just pre-record the next three weeks now because if I got the opening joke all set, you know. Anyway, how does it keep up with the news like that? Anyways, <laughs> hello everybody. This is Jacques. I'm Joe, and welcome to another fun-filled, exciting episode of carnival personnel podcast <laughs> uh joe how have you been just peachy you to, well i was doing okay and then i got breaking news story from you that bumps down everything we were possibly going to talk about who the fuck punches rick moranis in the face uh an asshole a real asshole or, you know, I could use the colorful description that I texted to you to describe the person who may or may not have knocked out the best accountant to a Ghostbuster ever. <laughs> Might be the best accountant. <laughs> Somebody else in the running there. What about the, the whole thing? That's scary. Is, as far as we know, nothing led up to this. This was just an old guy, late 60s, walking down the street, minding his own business, and somebody thought he had a punchable face. Yeah, he was just attacked randomly. He was just, a, it's in the Upper West Side of New York and in, in Manhattan. And yeah, he just had the, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, yeah. And, you know, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Literally, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. It, you can't be in the spotlight. As long as he has without some shit coming out and, and yet nothing, no, you know, no, no one has ever said, yeah, he's normally a nice guy, but there was this one day on set. Every time you hear anybody talk about him from SCTV, you know, till, till right up until the moment he got punched in the face was now the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of is the piece of shit who punched him is a real huge baseball fan and is just upset that Rick Moranis's self-imposed stepping away from showbiz has robbed him of a great sequel. Or maybe and he's a deranged fan and he thinks that he's the real Dark Helmet. Would Dark Helmet really deserve to be punched in the face? He did get punched in the face in the movie. Didn't he? No, but outside of, you know, but yeah, and he had it coming, you know, but yeah. still, honestly, that's just scary ass shit that you can just be walking minding your own business and bam. Right. I mean, it's, it's on, so it's a scary world out there it, and it's actually more proof that New York is completely off the rails now. It's a dangerous place. It's like the Warriors. Remember the Warriors movie? Come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> Can yep. you? Dig 
again. <laughs> he remembers the Warriors. So that that was very upsetting news. My upsetting news to Joe yesterday. I, you know, I'm already apologizing because I had a conversation with Joe yesterday, and I'm like, why didn't I save this? Right off the bean here, I'm apologizing to Joe for kind of not giving him a hard time, but also not saying, yeah, you're right, Chromebooks are crappy. We just finished our second full week of remote learning. There was a virtual open house with all the fourth grade teachers and a couple of the administrators and a couple of like the art, you know, and specialist people. Well, I guess they're teachers too. And it was an hour-long call. It was very nice. There was a little lag here and there, and there was some dropouts for some people who had to log back on a couple times, which prompted one of the administrators to say, if your child has another tablet, an iPad, access to an iPhone or another kind of smartphone, and for the time being could use that to log on, it seems most of the problems we're having with remote learners is through the Chromebooks and that the mics on the Chromebooks seem to be causing the most problems across the board. So keep using them if that's the only device you have. But in the meantime, if your kid has access to another device, we're going to be working on other solutions, getting more people hotspots because maybe there's a lag, but flat out as nicely and as professionally as you can, they repeated Joe's assessment <laughs> of the Chromebooks from two weeks. So like always, Joe is way ahead of the curve on this shit, you know, compared to me and the Lowell school system as a whole. So <laughs> apology accepted, you know, it's, and, and it, I can't take all the credit because I was just, given that information from a very reliable source, my kid's superior school <laughs> that said Chromebooks were hot trash. I think that's the term that they use. Hot, smoldering trash. And and Joe, do you want to have the honors of what brought up the original conversation about my son's Chromebook that you and I had yesterday? Did, was there a personal thing that happened to your kid's Chromebook? Specifically isolated to my youngest child oh the one that drops and breaks computers old oopsie mcdaisy <laughs> so yep did i send you the picture of it you know it's so, you know it's so fucking great you're showing me a picture right of a cracked screened chromebook <laughs> and your iphone has a cracked screen it's on a it. dream within it's a dream. It, you're right it's shitception it's like <laughs> I have shitty, I don't know, man. You can't have nice things. You know, thank God the Flintstones mug is safe here. So here is why it makes it all worth it. Here is why I'm okay with all of it. In this case, he wasn't screwing around, you know, downstairs with one of his buddies when he broke it. He went upstairs. There's a litter of kittens in the upstairs bathroom that he was showing off for show and tell. Prompted. By the teacher, because he, he mentioned it the other day, said, oh, Tristan, why don't you show everybody the cute kittens you got? And coming downstairs, instead of closing the lap book and having to lock back on, he figured he'd try to carry it, you know, while talking. And I heard him fall down two or three steps. I heard the, you know, fall down, go boom. So I ended up having to call the school and I have insurance on it. Like, 
when they gave you the Chromebook, they said, do you want the $24 insurance? And I looked at him and thought, yeah, let's roll the dice with this. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, that's right. He's new to this school. So you don't know anything about him except his name at this point. <laughs> Let me take two insurance forms and see if I can double up. So I tell Joe, I'm not really that worried because I got the insurance on it. To which Joe says, what's the insurance? Another Chromebook? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Seriously. (laughs) And that's when I got mad at myself for bringing it up to Joe. So he could have brought it up and delivered that line now fresh for all of us to enjoy. And truly, I called the principal. I called the school. The principal was like, oh, well, this is kind of good. We were going to have to deal with it sooner or later. So you're the first one. So let's figure this out together. I'm like, great. You can in school. First interaction is fixing the broken computer. And he goes, oh, well, if you got the insurance paperwork, you know, there's a number on it. Why don't you call them? I call them. And their first thing when they return the call, because they won't take a call, is, oh, no, you got this insurance through the school for a school computer you have to go back to the school and the school has to file with us i'm like it's fucking a hundred bucks it's a 200 dollar <laughs> machine and so yeah so so the schooling went better it was more organized all the kids have it it was a noted improvement you know week two over week one but i i thought everybody would enjoy the fact that Another week, another crack computer screen. <laughs> um, and, and as far as the cat update goes, we're still holding strong at 12. Still still holding strong at 12. However, well, the five kittens can't be adopted out yet. They're not old enough. The mama kitten's not old enough for the kittens to be away from her. And the other two senior ones were supposed to give back, but we don't know what's going to happen, but we all got to get them fixed. But the applications have been flying in fast and furious. So we're probably only going to have them another three or four months. You should have said fast and furious. See, see, this is why everyone says that you are the funny one. Uh, So now let's get to the big news of the day. Joe was the one who told me the real big news of the day. This is Friday and everybody is talking about this. (laughs) I guess all the SNLs are on Peacock now. Yeah. With about three asterisks. So, yeah, so you can technically go to the Peacock app, type in SNL for free, but you can watch all 45 seasons of Saturday Night Live with the no commercial. Well, I'm sorry, there are commercial interruptions because it's a free app. So, of course, there are commercials. But at least you're getting everything uncut. No, wait, strike that. You're not getting musical performances because, you know, licensing agreement. Fine, that's fine. Oh, Wait, by the way, a lot of the seasons have truncated episodes, some of which are reduced to, and I shit you not, 15-minute long episodes. I present to you Exhibit A, the 1989 episode with Kathleen Turner. What's funny about it is that they they list sketches that were included. All three sketches that were listed on the synopsis are deleted. There's literally only the uh, monologue where Kathleen Turner comes out and she lip syncs to Victoria Jackson doing the monologue in her voice. You know, so it's like, you thought I had this really husky, you know, sultry voice, but really it was a put on, you know, haha. And then it goes to, no, I think it just goes straight to like weekend update, you know, and it's the Dennis Miller version. They have, like, I think there's an Al Franken remote where he's wearing the satellite on his head. <laughs> the mo- He's, like, the mobile satellite, like, the one-man mobile satellite unit, but he's in Harlem. 
He's up there, like, in front of a crack house. He goes, yeah, it's just me alone here, Al Franken, the lone NBC weekend update mobile satellite unit, just me, myself, and $700,000 worth of electronics. <laughs> <laughs> and the gentleman come up to him and like, okay, gentlemen, I just have one question for you. What? <laughs> oh, seems we lost. Seems we lost Al Franken. Yeah, and you know what? We did lose Al Franken to a political don't. hit joke. Don't, don't, yeah. uh, don't. But then there were like, you know, all these clips that are missing certain other favorites. Like there was this one sketch with Tom Hanks and John Lovitz called like the Girl Watchers. You remember that sketch? Dude, it was one of the best. It was one of the best. It was always John Lovitz. And Tom Hanks. And, 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 and Tom Hanks might have, when he was guest appearing, done it. But it was usually John Levitt's and oh, really tall guy. I'm trying to think. Oh, Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon. And every time girls would walk by, they would be like, here she comes. And there she goes. <laughs> Not even a wink. <laughs> <laughs> we have sunk pretty low. And our descent continues. All right. So what Joe is letting everybody know if you Eventually. are upset that those skits have been omitted, you can call us, and without having seen them in the last 35 years from memory, we can recite them for you because we are that much of losers. <laughs> yeah, we're those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're the lady, yeah, we're the girl chasers. But but then I went online, and the NBC.com website for SNL has the clips. Like you can see, it has them categorized. It has like here's the three girl watchers clips, and they're all Tom Hanks and John Lovitz with Kevin Nealon, and they're there. And it's like I watched them, I laughed, but I had to go to the app, and they weren't on the app. It's like, and the quality, the video quality is like optimized for a Game Boy or something. <laughs> Hot trash. I think that's the phrase that's been thrown around lately. The phrase that pays. Right. It's like a lower resolution. It's awful. It's uh, it's Saturday Night Live, and it has all the seasons. It even has the Gene Dumanian 1980 season with Elliot Gould in the opening sketch in bed with all the new cast members who are like, you know, what's your name? Oh, I'm Charles Rocket. I'm kind of like the uh, Bill Murray and uh, Chevy Chase. <laughs> and then, you know, it cuts to Joe Piscopo, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of like the uh, John Belushi meets Dan Aykroyd, and, you know. They're trying to compare themselves to the legendary and then, wasn't that the one season with our beloved Gilbert? Oh, yes. He's in the opening sketch as well. He's sleeping under the bed, of course. <laughs> there was a—and, of course, famously, he played in a funeral sketch. He played the corpse. So—and <laughs> there's only 13 episodes of that season. I wonder why. I wonder why. And, and some of them don't have hosts. Some of them are just like, no host. Yeah. Was there a host that, like, halfway through that week was like, I'm out. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I'm, I think uh, Milton Burrow might have been one of the one of the casualties. But who knows? It's But you know what? It's there. It's free. It's cherry-picked. It's kind of the, the best of maybe, kind of, of each episode. I don't know. It's weird. It's sometimes I would have like I would have liked to have been the judge of that. Wouldn't that be a great gig? You have to watch these forty five years of Saturday Night Live and cut it down to whatever. It's like Yeah, well yeah, yeah. 
I'll do that. It's funny. I was watching the Tom Hanks episode specifically for the Girl Chasers episode. I was like, you know, because I'm flipping through 1988. Oh, yeah, Tom Hanks. This is the one where they talk about the Girl Chasers. I got to see it. And then, I, and then because I'm a nerd, I also have the synopsis of every sketch, you know, broken down on a website. And I can see which ones they skipped. And I'm looking ahead to see which ones they might skip. And I'm like, okay, maybe the game show Jew, not a Jew. They might not play that. <laughs> and they kept it. It's in there. You Who can was the host? Tom Hanks. What, you, Tom Hanks, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So no, it's, yeah. So they didn't play Girl Watchers, but they played Jew, not a Jew. And you know what? What's great about that sketch is that it is abhorrent a premise that is, where it's, it's family feud style, two couples shown a picture of a celebrity, given a description, and they have to guess if they're a Jew or not a Jew, and they buzz in when they think they know the answer. Of course, it's an, a, a, a crazy idea for a game show. You know everybody's playing along in their head when they're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the comedy. That's where it, And you know what? It still holds up. You can make that show today. Jew I think a, I or think no a lot Jew. of people play that game at home, no matter yeah. what game show it is. That's pretty much it. I think you're right. It's, 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 not, no money has to be at stake. I think there might be some gentlemen who might be happy who they are in life. These boys might even be proud. And I guess when they watch every show, they play. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stand back, okay? We're not going there. <laughs> stand down. No, no. Stand by. Stand by. Yeah. No, stand down would have been like the right thing yeah, to say. Yeah, no, that would have been right. Yeah, but stand by. Right. Well, oh, we're, just, just in, we're standing by <laughs> to this, shoot. This is Al Franken standing by. not beat you. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm here live at the Proud Boys with my mobile <laughs> satellite unit, Al Franken. So I've cut the cord, Joe. I, I, I talked about it. Another kid? I cut the cord. Yeah, you know, this one. I cut that cord and then wrapped it around my neck. <laughs> sorry. But we, uh, I got the alert from Apple the other day. It's, oh, your subscription to the DC you know, app you know, goes into effect tomorrow. Only another $79.99. And I'm like, yeah, no. I, I, I thought about it because I don't know everything that's moving to HBO Max, but I know the shows that I signed up for the app have moved to HBO Max. And all the other movies, I own 70% of them. It's not worth $80 to watch the original episodes of Shazam from 1975 because I watched them all. You know, and they were each and every one was more awfulsome than the next. And, and and we talked about it at great length when I got the app, but I did. I, I I cut the app. I did some of the math. I'm like, huh, maybe I should apply some of this found money into the uh, the the kitty for HBO Max. I'm I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to do it, but I just want you to know I'm thinking about it. And really, I'm it's thinking of changing the, the count. I'm thinking of changing the password then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did. I thought that. It's like, yeah, you know what? It's like with all the other stuff out there, I went through the app, watched. It had stuff like, you know, Greatest American Hero and all these other things. I was like, yeah, that was fun, but I'm not, I don't need it for Wait, they had year. Greatest American Hero? No, oh, did I watch that on something else? That's on, I know I watched Yeah, Zazam. that's on like, that's, that's like on everything else. Like, that's like on the free TV apps, like two Right, Tubi. things now. Yeah. So, so I cut that. Uh, the other thing that got cut this week is, as I 
as I think I put it very well, the mouse, and an ironic twist, the mouse called the exterminator, but maybe that's too harsh. 28,000 people got their pink slips from uh, the Disney Corporation this week. Yeah, that's um, not the happiest place on earth. It isn't. I'm just hoping that one day it returns to what it was for us because we absolutely loved it. I'm also thinking, well, maybe if everybody got let go and uh, when comes time to reapply, maybe I can finally get that dream job of, uh, and, and you know I'm not kidding, to captain one of the boats in the Jungle Cruise. The most awesome job. If anybody was ever meant to do that job, I was born to do that job. You want to be a tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride? Or what? Have you done that Jungle Cruise ride? No, I, I've, I mean, I've only I heard the you song. Know the plight of Skipper. Skipper Dan. Skipper Dan. Dude, it is it is awesome. It it is it is so stupid and hokey and campy. It's awesome. You know, the, you you you're going through and and the tour guide. And it's always 75, 80% the same, but you can put your own spin on jokes or you can have different jokes at different times, but it's always 70 to 75, 80% the same. But as you're going down the Jungle Cruise, the tour guide says there are over like 11,000 variation of trees along this ride on the park. Let me point out a few. There's a tree. There's a tree. You know, there's a, there's a big wall. And that rock formation over there is slate. I take time to point it out because everyone takes it for granted. You know what I mean? Granted. I mean, granted. I mean, I have to work on my... my <laughs> You're lying, that. George. Should I swear? <laughs> uh, not on the Disney Cruise rise, no. But it's, it's great. Anyway, so not great for the 28,000 people. But it, it is. It's It's scary. You know, and we'll get into it in a little bit. But people at the Disney Corporation are doing the numbers and... They ain't just uh, pulling the people in as they were hoping with the limited amount of people they can pull in. And it doesn't look let – me, let, me, let me check a couple facts and some numbers. Yeah, COVID isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, you do tell. <laughs> so they will not be getting back to full capacity anytime soon. And- I am actually really happy for you to have been able to go to Disney last year to experience Galaxy's Edge. And ride the Millennium Falcon. I mean, imagine if you had fucking postponed it. If you were just like, eh, I'll just, you know, like Homer Simpson trying to visit Mr. T at the mall. I'll go a little later. I'll go a little later. And when I got there, the mall guy said he just left. The fact that you're reminding me I can die happy now because I've flown the Millennium Falcon. You're right. Thank you. We, I, I don't know if I brought this up. And if I didn't, it's because I wasn't sure I was going to bring it up. But I will now. We toyed. A couple weeks ago, we toyed with the idea of driving down to Universal. And the TV is just bombarding us with commercials. My boys really miss going to parks. The hotels are crazy cheap. The, the, it's, you can get a two-day ticket that comes with two days free. Or for the price of a three-day pass, you get the next 15 months. Not the next year. The next 15 months, unlimited, no blackout dates. And management and I, we looked at the app on our phone. We looked at the map, and it's like, okay, it's a 19-hour drive. I I like long drives. We can definitely do it. You know, we leave at like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll drive to like 7. You drive a few hours, 
let me shut my eyes and I'll go the rest of the way. We can be there. We can check in. It's, you know, all this social distancing stuff and, and we don't even have to get out of the car at the rest stops near anybody. We can pass. like, we're, we're trying to, and the whole time we knew we don't, we don't, we don't let the boys go to Target without it. Right. I was going to say, did you get the whole COVID package with, you know, respirators for four? But we did. We flirted with it. And then we're like, we know we're not going, but let's let's torture ourselves and do the Because we do. And, and I miss it. And it's it's one thing, all the mom and pop restaurants and small businesses and knickknack shops that just haven't made it, just aren't going to make it. This quote unquote third wave is now coming. And I still think we're in the first one. And it's just sad that uh, Disney, who I love the park i love the movies don't love the company never have but credit where credit's due they kept a lot of people on for a long time they you know they 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 did as decent a job i think as a absolute huge conglomerate company can do by their employees but at this point they can't carry it forever i'm thinking you know so i i don't know i don't know the whole number system but i know you know, the yeah, parks like, right. have tried to open. I mean, how many times does 28000 go into a jillion dollars? You know, like you can't really parcel out the amount of money to go. Oh, that's, into. True. that's true. <laughs> so, so, but it does. It just sucks. It's out. rough. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's not personal. It's business. Although when you're with Disney, you're family or is that Olive Garden? <laughs> I forget. You know what should open now? And, you know, the perfect timing, if any park should open, it would be Action Park. Like the going no, back action park during COVID, you'd have people go there in droves. You can open it. You can have like, you know, action park in Tallahassee or where are all the hot spots nowadays. You get Fort Lauderdale and <laughs> dude, these makeshift backyard theme parks are probably rolling in it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing if if you're one of these guys who's building a backyard roller coaster, that you're not really worried about math. Actually, one of the rides is called Rolling in It, and I don't know what it is, but you're rolling in it, and it's yeah, uh, it's I'm, fun. I'm 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 gonna take a pass either way. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's not a phrase, but when you said work, Joe, I've actually 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 been doing a little real work the past i i forgot to bring it up last week i was in the throes of it last week i've not done real work in months a, a couple things here and there like absolutely minor last second call from nascar that they need somebody to do an anthem and can i call somebody in my you know my rolodex and see if we can get some tiny things i mean a couple other things I've been trying to get off the ground and pushing paper with this and asked to jump on this project or that project that I know isn't going to go anywhere. But last weekend, I helped remotely produce a concert with uh, my pals in the band, Band from TV, or this iteration is known as Action Figures. But we did a celebrity concert for the USO for a Comic-Con that they have coming up October 7th and 8th. Mm. Cool. What's what's the name of the group? Uh, Action Figures. It's Gr Greg Grumberg and Scott Grimes' band. Okay. And, and what's really funny, I've been friends with Scott forever. I became friends with the guys in his band, this band, you know, maybe about 10 years ago. And the guitarist of the band was a kid actor. His name is Brad Savage. He's a pretty good producer. He does a lot of they, – they have their own soundstage, their own facilities, their own, like – 
It's a soundstage, but also a soundstage for a band. So it's all set up for that. Then it also has a movie wall psych and they do lots of commercials and podcasts out of the place. It's where Greg Grunberg and Kevin Smith hosted their show Geeking Out uh, that I think was on sci-fi for a couple of years. So what's really funny is being a tiny world, Greg or, or Brad and I were going back and forth about, hey, who can we get to come in and guest star to do different you know, songs. It was very covert, smart. Like the band, you know, is 10 feet apart. Like everybody comes in, everybody's safe. And then they have different celebrities come in from all kinds of walks of life. Michael Chiklis, you know, was one. I'm looking at the list right now. Oh, okay. I sent you the list. No, I just pulled it up on the Google machine. Brent Spiner was one. John Cryer. uh, Dr. Drew. Christopher Titus. Oh, no. At different times. Yeah, but, I know. But for, right. These are like oh, throughout okay, the right. years. But yeah, the, they always, oh, yeah. It's like they'll, they'll do a show and they'll like have like, you know, John Stamos is, is a regular who comes up with them. And but in this case, it was funny. He he was going down the list and it's like uh, Raven Simone was one. He goes, uh, Melora Hardin. You, do you know her from The Office? She yes. played. And yeah, I just started. Sure. Well, no, that's what he's saying to me. And I start laughing. And I said, I've been on a plane with her about four times. She did the Miami Dolphins for me. She did Dover, Delaware for NASCAR. Mm. We did a Ducks game. And and he's like, oh, she's been a friend of mine since high school. Oh, great. <laughs> like, and so I did. I you know, I, I called Melora right away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing that you did? It's like, yeah. Uh, when the credits roll, I'm the producer of it. She goes, so. And, anyway, so I finished that. And it wasn't 48 hours later. Armed Forces Entertainment, my buddy Dan called, who handles the GCC region, met him in guitar. He's the one I did the tour with, with the big three. And I was going to do those six tours with, with Bill Faye earlier this year. He says, hey, did you just produce this concert for the USO for this Comic-Con they have coming out? Because the companies work a lot together. Like the USO is a private company that works through AFE and AFE is the actual military he goes, oh, because we were thinking about doing that for New Year's. You think you could produce a New Year's Eve concert for us that would just air on the base? It's not for broadcast or the internet. Um, they're trying to see if I can put together a shoot in Nashville in mid-November. So I've actually been uh, using uh, the phone and the computer for more than porn and kids' schoolwork this week. Great. Good for you. Look at you. Making the money. Well, I, I did say the military, right? Like all the money in the world for aircraft carriers, but not a lot for uh, you know people. Like, like they'll, they'll they'll go and buy the tanks, but the people who drive them are completely dispensable. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know what? If they weren't dying of COVID every fucking five seconds, maybe we would pay a little bit more for them. So speaking of people who have COVID, hmm, Joe, I don't know if you've caught the news in let's say the last few hours. But uh, it turns out that the mask avert leader of the free world, shockingly, and by shockingly, I mean how this hasn't happened three months ago is shocking. Uh, as you and I speak, Bunker Boy is at Walter Reeves Medical Center just having been helicoptered over from the White House. Well, it, um, it's a shame. It really is a shame. You know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a big fat white guy who uh, has denied that the COVID-19 thing would affect anybody, that uh, really, yeah, he flat out said it, it hardly affected anybody. But apparently he he came into close contact with Hope Hicks, 
his personal advisor or whatever. He was advisor to the president. And uh, she was, I guess, gallivanting around with not only him, the first lady, but other members of the campaign um, who are also not wearing masks. Uh, right before the debate, actually, I think. It's a developing story as we're talking about it. And because of who the president is and the way the world has gone sideways the last four years, the line between conspiracy theory and, huh, that's actually really plausible. The line between Wall Street uh, or Washington Post headlines and the Onion headlines are mirror images of each other. Thursday, it came out that Hope Hicks had tested positive. Headline story like, you know, uh, the Jacques font, as you used to call it, like, you know, Times Roman numeral 18 across the top of, you know, CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News. Everybody's lead story was that. And there was many, many pictures of Hope Hicks getting off of airplane or Air Force One the other day without a mask and just gallivanting around without a mask. And it's like, wow, look at that. She tested positive you know, after this. And it turns out that no, no, in fact, she tested positive before she got on that plane. So she got off that plane walking around knowing she was positive. And she's not patient zero. There was probably other people in that entourage. The latest is Chris Wallace has come out and just said, and, and hopefully my source was right on that. I, I should double check it, but I won't. Uh, Chris Wallace said that Trump's family arrived late to the debate and didn't have time to be tested because the facility that they went into, it, it, part, part of entering this building, you had to do it. But they were so late arriving that they just rushed him through and put him up on the stage. At that point, it's now rumored and people are trying to do the timeline they might have known that hope hicks had it then it's also possible that trump knew that he had it then as well and and just was rolling the dice with joe biden's health and everybody else's health but they did know before hope hicks got on air force one with trump the other day that she had tested positive uh before making the decision to walk around maskless with that. Now, that was on Thursday that that came out. Friday morning is when the news broke, or late night Thursday after I went to bed, or crazy Middle of the Friday. night, yeah. Yeah, management and I, um, we're trying, Joe, we're, we're trying. And you say, I know, Jacques, you're very trying. We've been on this program where we're trying to get up a few mornings a week and, and go trotting. I, I will always preface it by saying trotting, not jogging, not running, definitely not running. And as we were doing it, management points out to me, yeah, I don't think he has it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I don't think he has it. I think that it's one of a few things. Oh, I have covert. And then in a week or two, he's going to be fine. See, I told you it was nothing. He's a phoenix that will rise from the ashes. All his people worried about them. He's going to come out and say, see, they put me on a steady stream of hydroquina, renovere, whatever he's pushing this week, you know, you know, green Skittles, whatever, whatever elixir that he's maybe he drank bleach. He'll come out and say, you see, I told you, you know, the Clorox, Clorox cleaned me out. 
her her take is one of one of two things. A, he doesn't have it, but he is going to get some sympathy, but more importantly, he's going to be able to say, "See, it wasn't that bad. I survived it." Like did Boris Johnson, like did the clown down in Brazil. And he's going to say, "You know, Masks don't help. Masks doesn't matter. I was right. We're going for herd immunity. We're all going to be fine. Or secondly, secondly, I think he knew he had it when he did the debate. I really think he knew he had it during the debate. The piece of shit didn't call Joe Biden. His camp didn't call Joe Biden and said, hey, you might want to check out. Joe Biden found out that Trump was positive the same way the West of us did on the news. There should have been a courtesy phone call, but courtesy, diplomacy, that that that's 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 so 2015. You know, come on, Jacques. But with this, her other her other thought, and I think she's right on this, he did not do himself any favors with that debate. It looks you know, just a little hopeful that there there is. There's a chance that the Senate flips. And there's a really good chance that Joe Biden pulls it out. It's still a coin toss. We know that. We know the shenanigans going on. We'll get into that. But he would rather have a medical reason. You know, it's like, oh, I was going to go pro, but I uh, I tweaked my knee in junior high. I was I was the best flag football player in all of junior high in Wilmington, Mass. But I tweaked my knee in the eighth grade, and that's why I never played high school football, college, or the pros. But everybody who knows me know if I didn't tweak my knee, I was going to be something special. Oh, you know, and, and everybody has those stories, and we all know that guy. Oh, well— I was going to win the election, but I I had COVID and and it was it was so bad. The one month and one day before the election, and I couldn't go out and campaign, and it's really bad. So I'm going to have to resign, you know, for my health. I'm in my mid to late seventies, and this is really bad. And I'm going to have to resign. And Mike Pence is going to be the president, and he's only going to be president for a week or two, and before the election, but he's going to pardon him. He's going to pardon him and his whole family. This is his way of bowing out of the – it's A, he doesn't have it, and he's going to use this to say, oh, I beat it with you know, whatever he's pushing this week, whatever you know, snake oil he, he has concocted out of the back of his horse-drawn wagon. Or he's going to use this to bow out of the race allowing Mike Pence to be president for, what is it, 90 days between the election and or something like that, like 65 days, whatever it is from November 3rd to January 20th. But he's going to have just enough time to make sure the Supreme Court person gets in there and make sure that he pardons the whole crime family for crimes known and unknown. I, I think they're going to literally let him pardon you know he might have shot somebody trump might have shot somebody on fifth avenue we don't know about it yet but mike pence will preemptively pardon him for the things we find out that he did and and joe is now telling me to take off the tinfoil hat i was just gonna say out on the ledge you should have gone to universal like you really need to get away because holy shit you you think all that is just crazy or yes yes yeah, that's a, it's it, it. That's what's so awful about this president is that he has us guessing. He's like Andy Kaufman, evil edition. You know, we don't know when he's fucking around. It's like, and then when he's finally he finally gets the cancer, he's like, ah, that Andy, 
pulling our leg with the cancer. Another one of his yucks. Well, you're not going to get us this time. He's, those aren't real doctor shoes. Did you see the doctor that walked in here? He wasn't wearing real doctor shoes. You know, these are the types of guessing games that, you know, will get him reelected because people don't know when he's fucking around. Obviously, look, Occam's razor. The simplest answer is probably the correct one. The fucker got COVID-19 from Hope Hicks. The end. I mean, I saw that conspiracy theory early this morning on Twitter. Somebody tweeted out, this will be Trump's October surprise. It's a ploy for a Republican. Usually it's a Republican who is, you know, falling behind in the polls or fear that they need to ramp something up right before the election to turn something in their favor. Like, oh, I don't know, reopen an investigation to a competitor's email scandal that wasn't really a scandal to begin with. I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, it happened. You know, did, did it make the news? It did. It, it, it made a couple of Cycled news. out in a couple of days? Yeah, you know, it, it, she got pneumonia the next day and everybody forgot. And anyway, so, right, th- there's a lot of conspiracy theories that, like, he's faking the COVID and that he's going to come out of the COVID and it's going to be like, oh, I'm great, or people are going to, like, rally around the, the flag uh, for this president because, you know, he needs us in his time of uh, need or whatever. But honestly, I think he just, he got COVID-19 because of course he did. Um, I mean, the timing couldn't have been, I guess, better. The the groundwork for suspicion is all laid out. Like we, we just, he always keeps us guessing. That's why we're all questioning our, our sanity, our, our sanity. We're coming up with theories like, yeah, he's going to install Pence and then Pence is going to pardon him and he's going to put in is, four more judges. And then, you know, it's just like. We, we, we have been saying, and by we, I mean you and I on this podcast and a number of other people, he was going to find a way either if he was really behind in the polls this time or if he's up in the polls before the next term ends that he would bow out at one point to have a have a deal that Pence gets to say he was president in exchange for pardoning him for all known and unknown crimes and whether that's legal to do or not as long as Mitch McConnell is in the Senate and 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 Barr is running the justice department and then it will take four years to untangle whether it was legal or not. And then that's my guess. Yeah, he probably does have COVID. How he hasn't got it already because of all the people around him who have over the last few months. I mean, back when he was in, you know, Oklahoma, the Tulsa rally that eight, was it eight or ten of his personal Secret Service people on the advance team, you know? Yeah. All t- There's been so many people in that circle who've had it that I'm surprised, but the fact that it's this close to the election, it's far enough away where if it happened two weeks from now and he's quarantined for two weeks or whatever, you know, he couldn't, maybe, whatever. I, I think it times out nicely that he's going to be able to beat this and hit the road the last three weeks and have maskless uh, maskless rallies in, in the in the key battleground states. The parents also- the White House isn't wearing masks right now. They're they're business as usual. They're I guess right now, as of this recording, they've you know stated that right the masks are optional at the White House. And as I was waiting to jump on the call with you, I was listening to CNN. Or MSM, it doesn't matter. And they were doing the play-by-play, the helicopter, it should take this long, blah, blah, blah. And this is getting on the helicopter. And basically, it was his whole staff. And they were like, 
aghast. It's like, wait a minute. They basically, that's a whole chain of command. It's like you're, and they're all maskless getting on the, on the helicopter, you know, going over to like Walter Reed. And then it was like a four minute flight over. And it's like, okay, well, everybody's coming out with the PPE, but the people in his entourage, you know, weren't protected. Well, I hope you if know? they do come up with a cure for COVID-19 that it comes in the form of Kool-Aid because that's what these fuckers are drinking. <laughs> so let's let's get into the bay. Did you watch any of it? I didn't. And I, I, I had no intentions knowing that I was going to hear all the highlights or lowlights. I watched the first literal five minutes of the debate. And I was on a group text with our friends Jim and Steve and you. And I said... <laughs> You know, they were like, right out the gate, you know, Trump's interrupting Chris Wallace and he's interrupting Joe Biden and Joe Biden's, you know, trying to fire back. But Trump's hitting twice as hard and and Chris Wallace is just flailing his arms, trying to get control of, you know, King Kong, who, you know, (laughs) doesn't like the flashbulbs going off in his face. (laughs) King Kong's got nothing on his (laughs) And I was like, yeah, um, this is a, a shit show. I'm not watching this. Goodbye. And, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a very wise decision. Yeah, all the, I was five minutes too late, but I did get a taste of what proceeded. And, yeah, let's go over the, the low lights. Um, he uh, called – well, you, you know, you know you're, you're Rachel Maddow Jr. You, you, you I, 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 Dude, since the wife – it's two weeks ago today – walked in. Around this time, two weeks ago, with the post-it note about the passing of the great, you know, Ginsburg, I've haven't watched more than collectively twenty twenty-five minutes of. But you can't not hear things. I'm still not on Twitter. Like I'm still, you know, week two going strong. Not on Twitter. Not listening to the radio. I'll get in the car. I'll hear it. I'll be in the store. I have heard a couple things here and there, but I did, you know, the day after listen to about an hour in the morning and it was, it was just as awful as I had anticipated. Nothing surprised me at all. I I know most of what I know, it's because friends like you or Biff or management had sent me tweets about it or postings about it. You know, when somebody said, Oh, I loved when Joe Biden told them to shut up, man. I bet Hillary would have loved to do that. And Hillary Clinton responded to that tweet saying, you have no idea. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like and and, and it's funny. It's it, there's some funny moments. You see the different comedians, you know, tweets that, that people forward me and I'm, I'm trying to laugh about it. But it's like, dude, this is this is literally democracy hanging in the balance. And I'm fi- not finding and I'm trying to be. You know, finding the silver linings and finally the yucks now and then. But that was just such a shit show. But the biggest takeaway was he can't denounce white supremacists. He just can't do it. And in fact, management just told me on Friday that she saw on Facebook somebody posted the clip. I guess Matt Gates was on CNN justifying it, saying, well, these people support him. He doesn't want to denounce the people who support him. He doesn't think – like flat out, like no – no, saying flat out, I'm, I'm, I did not see the clip, but as management reiterated to me, flat out didn't make any apologies. Just said these people support him. He doesn't want to denounce people who are out there supporting him. And not only will he not denounce seriously white supremacists, 
he told them what the exact quote was stand down and stand by or stand ready. What was the exact quote? So Chris Wallace posed him the question, will you denounce white supremacy and the white supremacists who support you? And he and Trump's like, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I, I'll do anything. I'll just, you know, I'll, you know, whatever you, whatever you want. And they challenged him, both Biden and Chris Wallace. Like, yeah, name, you know, why don't you do it now? And he's like, give me a name. And somebody, I think Biden even was the one who said Proud Boys and suggested it to him. So he goes, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. He didn't say stand down, which is what was asked of him. So he said, stand back and stand by, to which the Proud Boys followed up online with, we hear you loud and clear, Mr. President. We are standing by like operators for a Craftmatic adjustable bed. They have turned it into, they've incorporated it into their logo. And they're uh, moving a lot of merchandise. And I guess there's algorithms out there. So if somebody says right now, you know, who's talking into an Alexa device, it's like, oh, there should be. Joe Smarter Than Jacques on Carnival Personnel t-shirts, and somebody says, oh, you should make that into a t-shirt, and you go to you know Facebook, you're going to see an ad saying, Joe is smarter than Jacques on Carnival Personnel, here's the t-shirt, you know, and it's all, and Amazon started, and Amazon didn't, Jeff Bezos didn't go downstairs and start printing out these t-shirts, but through Amazon, through the third party that use Amazon's, you know, Shipping services and, and Amazon getting their cut started moving a lot of those. A lot of people jumped on board and said, hey, you know, Jeff don't Bezos, you shouldn't <laughs> be selling, you know, we are white supremacist propaganda. You know, Homeland Security still considers them the greatest threat to national security is white supremacy. So even though the president is telling them to stand by, operators are standing by. Right, and then, and then a c- couple days later, he still can't do it. And like I said, Matt Gates goes on CNN, not on Fox News, and justifies it. Well, these people support him. He doesn't want to talk bad about people supporting him. Yep. Well, you know, Putin, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> so, but right, but now that Trump has coronavirus, all that kind of gone away. You know, they're probably going to go forward. I, I, I suppose are they going to go? I think they're going to go forward with the vice presidential debates. Was that supposed to happen this Tuesday? And is that is that another thing? Is that how he gets out? Because he was so, you know, one of the highlights that I did read is Trump, of course, tried to go below the belt and bring up Hunter Biden's past drug problems, which made Joe Biden look like a good dad whose family dealt with this and overcame it. And Joe Biden used it as a moment to say, yeah, we went through this like a lot of families do. I mean, do you personally know of a family that doesn't have, you know, within your close circle of friends and family who hasn't had a drug or alcohol problem? Absolutely. Right. 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 And, and, And so it's like that's not a blue or red state thing. That's not a poor or rich thing like so many people. And so when he did that and thought he was going to embarrass Joe Biden. Joe Biden's like, no, I'm really proud of my son. You know, he had a tough thing and he dealt with it and he came out the other end, the better person for it. You right. know, it's like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, so Trump doesn't want to debate him again. Um, he can't, he, he can't the, bully him. The, uh, there's no debating 
in the right. Trump world because I think Trump would de- Trump definitely before the COVID thing wanted to go through with two more debates with Joe Biden because he was going to just do the same thing that he was doing during this debate unless the debate commission incorporates a rule where if you're not talking your fucking mic's cut off end of sentence uh even then who knows how well that would have tamed the beast but we'll never know because there might be uh there might be one more debate who knows depending on how things turn oh, out there, there will be if it go if we go with my my version one <laughs> you know where he's a phoenix rising from the ashes and he's stronger than ever before and he should have been taken reservoir 20 years ago you know it's also given him the biggest hard ons he's had so this is great you know mm-hmm. uh let's get in there now i i really think the the debate he didn't you know he 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 did what he's been doing for four years he's made his base even more ravenous and and a lot of red beet meat thrown out to the base but he's not trying to broaden the circle he's not trying to go after the independents they're actively trying to make sure that you know by standing by i want you out there november 3rd making sure that you're patrolling those voting places and then he's getting all the support he needs from the matt gates from the governor of texas who it was last thursday or friday has started closing down and has mandated only one uh absentee ballot slash mail-in ballot drop-off spots per county and if you've been to the great state of texas (laughs) joe some counties can be a hundred square miles. Right. That's like going to IKEA now. Like there's one IKEA. Yep. It's, it's in Stoughton, Massachusetts. And, you know, it's a large one, you know, and it's lots of parking, but it's still a hassle. It's still a hassle, you know. So to do and that you live right on ninety five. Like and, for me, at an extra half hour. But right. right. But for at least at IKEA, you're coming back with like, you know, um a semi good uh, you know, corner desk. Or, you know, shelf unit. Whereas, you know, who knows what you're going to face when you go to that fucking drop-off box. And it's insane because these are mail-in ballots. You should have a mail box that would be emptied out by a mail carrier. I mean, that would the, take the, fact, the mail right. to the mail, post office mail. <laughs> what they're doing with the mail system that's been the big thing. Now what they're doing with this, it's... it's yeah, I wish, but people like my parents would realize if they're going this far to cheat, if they're going this far to keep people from voting, it's because they're scared. It's funny. I I just did talk to my dad just for a couple minutes, and I have pointed out I I try to find civil ways of making his brain work again. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about it on this podcast. There was a kid. In Massachusetts, whose parents knew he had COVID and sent him to school. And we talked about what pieces of shit would possibly do that and put everybody at risk. And the parents knew it. It wasn't like he was getting tested and they think he might have. They had results. They sent him to school. And my dad was pissed. And, you know, and we had talked about it back then. And I brought that up and I'm like, well, now it's coming out that Hope Hicks knew she had it before she got on the plane. And there's all these pictures of her on the plane and off the plane without the mask after testing positive. Do you think that 
that they're in the same category as those parents who sent their kid to school. And, you know, my dad was like, yeah, if, if they knew beforehand, then they're the same pieces of shit. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that people start to see why they're doing them. Okay. Well, maybe they could justify the purging the voter rolls. Well, maybe they can justify this. Or maybe he brings up a good point about, you know, people with extra ballots. And maybe he's pointing out, you know, but at, at this point, the level of desperation that the GOP has gotten to a, a, across the board. And I asked my friend John, who lives in Austin, I'm like, you're on the ground. Is is Texas that close to turning purple? And he's like, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, the Latino community has grown exponentially and, you know, it, it is it's one of those things where they're just starting to realize, you know, hopefully, hopefully their days are numbered. But, but you know, Joe, I, I should just shut the fuck up because every time I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it turns out to be a train. <laughs> and not the good one with Pat Monahan as the lead singer. I could not. I've worked with Train twice, and I couldn't name a band member. God bless you. Are you better than me and everything? Uh, you know, I'm not a flag waver. You know who else isn't a big flag waver? That would be one Tom Brady. As we get into sports, Joe, there's a little bit of controversy brewing this week because congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They won the Stanley Cup. I don't know if it was in five games or six games. I know one went to double overtime only because I was on a text threat with John and Biff and All-Star. But I guess Tom Brady tweeted at the team, like, congratulations for bringing the cup home. Dude, really? <laughs> home? They brought it to Modesto, California. <laughs> you know, they brought it to Boston, Mass. That you called home the last 20 years. It's like you've home you've, is where you hang your lots and lots of hats. And then made a reference to, like, looking forward to the socially distanced uh, um, victory parade of some kind like that. And I guess one of the very prominent, his name is Jeff Howe, uh, Boston sports beat writer, says, oh, sure, you didn't show up. Like, he, I guess, was supposed to wave the flag at Game 7 of the Cup last year in Boston and and bowed out last minute. Remember, they had, like, Belichick do Game 5, and everybody was like, Oh my God! If you have Belichick do Game Five, what are you saving for a possible Game Seven? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I guess uh, I guess he decided not to. So that that's ruffled some feathers. I don't really give a fuck, you know. You apparently and, do because you brought it up and you shoehorned it into this podcast. So what? He didn't wave a flag, um, but he but he loved this Tampa Bay. Yeah, he loves the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a turncoat. Wah wah wah. You right, have six right. rings so, out of the guy. Well, what the fuck more do you want from him? He's just a man. Ah. Uh, did you have money on, on this Sunday's Titans-Steeler game? I did. I did. I had uh, uh, the same amount that Trump paid in taxes, $750. And, uh, oh, we never even... Look at I that. Never How see. brilliant is that? How brilliant. He is brilliant. He's fucking brilliant. See. We barely... No one's talking about the debates three days after the... There was there was such a fiasco. He got people to stop talking about the debate. No one's mentioned his taxes because, yeah, we got his tax reports. He didn't pay taxes. He cheated. And... Right. And that shark bit me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bleeding. Well, yeah, shark bit you. What 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 do you want me to do? Yeah, right. What do you want? A cookie? Uh, so anyways, what else is in sport? Well, that's it. I guess it hopefully, hopefully it's not the beginning of the end. Oh, for the, the Titans. Steelers, 
Titan game was postponed to later in the season. After last week's Viking Titan game, why was it five players on the Titan? Five players and three staff members, or three players and five staff members, uh, including the bus driver from the hotel to the state, oh, Jesus. You know, have tested positive for COVID. Uh, the Vikings game was going to be postponed, but nobody on the Vikings has tested positive yet. But as we know, you know, you could test negative Sunday through Thursday and Friday, you know, whatever. But the first official game postponement for the NFL season, uh, we, 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 week four, week four. We, we, did we say week six? Did I say week six? Uh, you said maybe Hall? week six. I said week 18. I said, you know, we were going yep, yep, through this. Call, yep. <laughs> Oops. Because you're always the optimist. Really? I mean, you're the guy who watches Brian's song thinking it's going to have a happy ending. Oh, Brian's song. You bring that up because I forgot to bring it up last week when Gail Sayer from the um, Chicago Bears passed away. And, of course, he was portrayed in the movie Brian's song about Brian Piccolo. Was he a fullback from the um, yep. the, the great uh, Chicago Bears? A young guy. Only played a few seasons. Yeah, he got cancer and died. But um, <laughs> Gail Sayer was the teammate of Brian Piccolo, who was portrayed by Billy D. Williams. And uh, James Kahn played Brian Piccolo in the, 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 I guess, is considered like one of the top three made for TV movies ever. And yeah. I, I finally, you know, when I heard that Gail Sayer died, I was like, who? And then I looked it up. Oh, okay, the guy from Brian's Song. Oh, yeah, Brian's Song. I heard that that's a movie that makes guys cry. Yeah, you know what? I'm a macho man. I know a movie can make me cry more than 300 times if I watch it <laughs> every Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to watch this movie, and I'm going to see what uh, what all the hubbub is. And I went on to YouTube, and I found a version of it that was palatable, and I watched it. And gosh darn it, I'll tell you one thing. James Caan... And Billy D. Williams are good actors. <laughs> that is a fine. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me write this down. October 2020. James Conn. And and who is the other gentleman? <laughs> Billy D. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Lando. Good actors. Yeah. Got it. Right. Hey, Chewbacca. Uh, <laughs> and so, so between Brian's song and. Uh, and not watching the Steelers uh, Titans game this past week. Did you play any video games? You got any video game updates? You got any news? Hmm. What did I play for video games? I thought I played something. Oh, um, Super Mario Brothers 35 on the Nintendo Switch Online service came out. That's that uh, online competitive version of Mario Brothers where you're playing against 34 other people. I talked about it a couple yep. of weeks ago. Yeah, it's fun, you know. It gets frustrating sometimes, but it's a, it's a good frustrating. Like you can actually, I actually finished in first place. Like I didn't. It's not like the unforgiving Tetris ninety nine where you're playing against goddamn robots. Here I had a, like a kind of a sporting chance, so I actually did make first place a couple of times. So I'm having fun with that. That's uh, that's all I got for games. You're you're not playing. You don't play I, video I games now. Literally, and I. So so by the. We have to be home by 6.30 in the morning so the wife can get out of the door by 7. And a couple times since we started this program, I've been like, oh, I'm up. I'm going to get some work done. But the missus is always like, oh, he's up. 
I'm going to talk to him while I'm getting ready, and then I'm going to talk to him my whole drive to work. <laughs> so the only games I've been playing is uh, what what is that game called? I'm playing it on the PS3. Um, there's like there's some there's this virus, mm. and there's this you can you can be this woman with a with a bow and arrow, or Ooh. you can be this guy maybe. Uh, the Corona games. Guy. I just play Resident Evil 5 for about a half hour every morning. And it's like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, I can't get any. And there's no way of saying, hey, can you listen to the radio on the way to work? So I, <laughs> before the boys get up and I have to spend six hours of having to tape ADHD boy to his chair to get, you know, through the day with this broken Chromebook. Right. I have to do a reenactment of Clockwork Orange for the next <laughs> week. Oh, uh, so, so that, that, that's it. But the boys did recently, because we don't watch a lot of TV, you know, honestly, it's all streaming stuff. But we did just see a commercial where they got goofily excited about all the Mario games being – because, you know, they don't listen to the podcast, so they didn't hear you break that down. So they're like, oh, we got to get that. I'm like – and then I said, yeah, you guys can get that. They're like – because, you know, it's – they they ask for a different game every week. Like literally they ask for a different, you know, or an upgrade for this. It's it's only like $25. You know, it's like, oh, well. 25 bucks on the 25 bucks you spent last weekend playing this game, but it was a free game. That's cost me your college fund. I should put that in a skit. Anyways, um, so they're excited about that. But yeah, that's my only, the only game that I've been doing. But I have been watching some, uh, some stuff. Uh, you should look into the fine programs on HBO Max. Uh, the new show, The Misses and I started is Raised by Wolves. Hmm. It's pretty, interesting it's pretty okay like we're five episodes in i think there's like eight up there it's like i think they released like three at once and then it's once a week you know kind of like they did with like you know lovecraft country uh where they released three and then it's weekly after that so we still got a few episodes before but uh it's interesting it it when they do the flashbacks so you're on another planet that takes 13 years to get to. And there's a mom and dad android that were sent to this planet and a tiny ship to start the human race again. Like they have embryos to raise six children. And that was the whole premise of the show. The, the And there was a war between – and we haven't figured out yet. There was religious celots who – Use androids as droids, but don't think they should be helping with raising parents and their literally crazy religious over-the-top zealots. Then there's the androids, and then there's, like, non-believers who are fighting both sides. It takes place in Boston in 21, like, 45, something like that. And Is Fenway Park still there? I they haven't seen it yet. Like, but that's that was the awesome thing about Fallout, like yeah, seventy six. That was the best. The video thing about game, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But and this race by wolves. So the these android get to the planet thirteen years ahead of this arc, this giant city sized ship that is carrying humans that are also how we haven't found out yet how they find out about this planet that you can live on it's it's barren and it's tough but you can kind of grow stuff it's not going to be an easy future 
but the androids, because it was just two of them, had a smaller, faster ship, got there 13 years before this big galactic, you know, you know, thing called the Ark that is carrying like the Wally ship and like the Wally ship. And truly, it's it's a nice mixture of something that takes place in 120 years from now, but they're dressed like they're in the Crusades. Like like mm. the religion the religious army is dressed like they're in the Crusades and they carry their leader on one of those like chairs that takes oh, like wow. four people. To, right, with the posts on either side. Yeah. And all the decisions are made by scripture and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay. So they it's it's like Waterworld ish kind of thing. Like they that's in the future, but they've kind of regressed. Right. Yeah. And, and it's also one of those things that I I wasn't in love with jumping on because it's another one of those stories. It's like Okay, we couldn't keep our shit together, and we ruined the planet we lived on because we're bickering over the same shit for the last 18 billion years. Um, So there's only a few of you, and there's only a few of us, and we found another planet that we can pick up the fighting on. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) The one thing that carried over the strongest from the human race is religious zealotry. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. All suffer from Irish Alzheimer's, Joe. <laughs> Say it. What? I'm sorry. I'm oh. I'm, a, I'm bad. I'm a bad. Uh, they, they forgot everything but the grudges. Oh right, thank you. See, you're the <laughs> you're it, the joker. It, you're the funny one. And it is it is that thing where whether it's Battlestar Galactica and, and any of these sci-fi things where there's only a few humans and they're being chased by this monster, this blob, these androids, whatever it is. Or, or whether it's a Walking Dead and you're being chased by these zombies, and then you know two seasons in you start saying, "Oh, well, the humans are bad. They're all assholes. We deserve to be eaten." Fuck! They're like, really? Like, there's six people left, and you're gonna fight over this? Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right, exactly. So, um, so you're watching, I've been watching, you're watching that, and then I'm also, I'm, I watched the new uh, South Park pandemic special episode, the one hour special. On Comedy Central, I watched it twice when they aired it live, and then they re-ran it immediately afterwards. And it's funny; it's a good. And I'm I'm, I'm sad that you didn't get to like find it on HBO Max. I guess it's hard I'll, to I'll, find. I'll, I'll look harder, but I, I did start. I did per your per your suggestion, not insisting that I watched the documentary last week, which we talked about. I'm like, you know what? Maybe uh. Maybe I'll carve out a couple 22-minute, you know, and watch a couple episodes of the new season, which I did. I, I do want to watch the pandemic special, but I did watch two episodes. Watch that because it actually sets up the pandemic special. So maybe it's an actual blessing okay. disguise that you didn't see the pandemic special because they do callbacks to the previous season. So I will t- I will step down from the one other show that I've been watching this week myself when I have a— honestly, what little time I have if I'm cooking dinner for the boys. What can I have on the background that— I won't be like Netflix cheating on the wife with or that is appropriate for the boys. Uh, now that we know that, you know, Barry Beckman did it. Uh, I've been watching a, a new show fresh out of the box called Harvey Bertman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I know about it. I haven't seen one episode. I'm I'm just, so off like the adult just swim. Watch the first, just watch the first episode. Okay. Just watch the first. And, 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 and honestly, don't watch anymore. If you watch the first episode, you've seen every episode. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's Stephen Colbert. Like, I think it's pre-John Stewart or he's just on John Stewart. Huh. 
He's a correspondent. I mean, it's 15 years ago. Maybe it's yeah, about 15 years ago, I would say. Oh, I thought you would. When you said you watched Harvey Birdman, I thought they like, I thought they were rebooting it or something. No, no I'm watching the old one. With, oh, good. Uh, and it's all like, I think it's owned by Hanna-Barbera because they're using all these Hanna-Barbera. The, you know, the first episode is a custody battle between Dr. Quinn and Race Bannon over the custody of um, Johnny uh, Quest. Yeah. Yes. Johnny Quest and Haji. And, yeah, and races. Yeah, uh, you know what? I didn't watch those Hanna Barbera cartoons growing up, so like maybe that's why I wasn't drawn to Harvey Birdman. I knew of them, but like it was just beyond my years of you know. I, I was like in the Muppet Babies generation and the He Man, yeah, I know, and Thundercats but, and stuff. But the, yeah, I didn't watch Johnny Quest or Sea Lab. It, but you know, you know enough about it where you're like, okay, this. Like I said. I'm gonna watch the pandemic special, you know. I'm and, gonna watch and laugh, Birdman. and and, and you, you you just can watch me. You know, you know what? I'll give you my code for HBO Max, so you have no <laughs> excuse to get in there. You know what else I'm gonna be watching? Um, I think in a couple of weeks. High five! Right, great success. Borat two. He announced a, you know, it, I, there were ads on Twitter that said that it was coming out. I think October. Ah, I'm bad, but um, yeah, on Amazon Prime. You That's can great. watch Borat 2, and I gotta now I gotta pull up the actual name, you know, because it's it's not just Borat 2, it's got like a long ass title. It's a Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. That was the um, official title. That's the new official title. They they changed it. They, it was, <laughs> it was um, delivery of not prodigious bribe. It was delivery of pornographic donkey to <laughs> to to Mike Pence. Oh, why didn't they go? You got to go with your gut. They should have gone with their first one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm wondering why they uh, remo- remove that. I wonder. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- there's a trailer out for it. So okay. and, I'll, and, I'll jump on the Twitter the, the, machine to check uh, it out. The, the, the premise is that he has a daughter, like a like a twenty something year old daughter, and he's taking her around America to be uh, to you know, to do something that is, is something special. Um, but the, also there are elements in this in the movie where people recognize Borat, you know. So like there's scenes of him like running around, like people are going, "Hey, Borat!" And it's like, "No, no, it's not me," you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, but he, he al- is a genius. He, he also, literally is a genius. Yeah, he also has uh, prosthetics costumes for you know other characters, and it's just um, yeah, I cannot wait. So if it, you know you got the, your Trump COVID and you have Borat too as your silver linings of 2020, so you know, um, I'll I'll take each and every one of these tiny victories. Yeah. So uh, that's it, Jacques. I know that you've been waiting all week. I know you've been with the boys um, nonstop for uh, seven straight days. You must have accumulated a parenting tip to bestow upon not only me, but the three other listeners of this podcast. I think there's four. You, you, you stop right there. My littlest guy in between breaking my MacBook Pro and now his new uh, hot trash Chromebook, which I guess he did himself a favor, did us all a favor, really. <laughs> He's got into making flip books and like really into making flip books. And then sure enough, the first week of school, like one of the art projects, they 
had preloaded on YouTube kid channel that they have access to this one guy showing how to make these flip books that my little guy found like a month ago and is really, really into, um, I mean, really into, and the guy has, and it's reasonably prices, you know, this, this kit, this, this make a, uh, flip book kit. And you know what flip books are, right? I don't have to kind of explain. No, what, 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 what's a flip book. And he's, he's been uh, like a Chromebook. No, they're not hot trash. Oh, some of them probably are. You know, and he, he's been he's found out a way how to make his own kit by doing it. You need like a, a backlight thing, like a, a table that lights up to kind of see it. And yeah, all so stuff. it's and a you're right, light table. And uh, and my parenting tip is uh, if you find something that they have an interest in that isn't a fucking screen. You nurture that. And so I instantly got it for him. I called my mom and I said, hey, I'm sending you this link. There's special paper that you can buy if you want to surprise them and, you know, me drop them off and you have all these extra supplies. It will keep him begging to get your phone to play games he's not supposed to on it or upload inappropriate videos to YouTube. So my parenting tip is if you find a morsel of creativity that keeps them from a fucking screen after they've been on a fucking screen all day, for God's sakes, take that opportunity. <laughs> it's worth the money. Well said. And um, that's one to grow on, I say. Yeah, so that's uh, that's about it. So, what's this? Oh, <laughs> no, okay, you're making a thing. All right, that's the end of the podcast. I can't wait to say, don't forget. Wish I had some dozen donuts. Wish I had some donut jams. Donuts make me stuffed and happy. I can eat a bunch of them. Yeah, 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 yeah